You are both the main character and the author of your story. Are you ready to pick up the pen and decide how your story goes? Here, we use mindset, spirituality, myths, legends, and history to spark individual paradigm shifts. Welcome to Rewriting Myth. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody, to the first official episode of the Rewriting Myth podcast. I'm so excited that you're here, and I think today it would be a good time to start to lay a little bit of the foundation of what Rewriting Myth actually is and a few of the different terms that we're going to be using throughout this entire podcast. So I'm so pumped to be able to get started on all of this. Soon we're going to be able to go into different myths throughout history and different religious stories that help shape who we are. But there's a lot of things to get into. So let's go ahead and start from the very beginning. So for this first official episode of the podcast, let's lay the foundation of what mythology actually is, both on a cultural and a personal level, and how tools like mindset, spirituality, myths, and history can be used to rewrite your own mythology. So mythos are stories with staying power. These are stories repeated time and time again and again, and they're firmly planted into the collective unconscious just because they've been told so often and through so many different cultures and people and things like that. There's a quote that I always come back to again and again by Joseph Campbell, a mythologist, that reads, myths derive from the visions of people who have searched their own most inner world. Out of the myths, cultural forms are founded. And I even would like to take this and go a little bit deeper and think that personal myths are derived from people who look most inward as well. And honestly, that's really the goal of the show is to be able to see the stories that make up who you are. So really, stories you tell yourself about yourself are not very different from cultural mythos, I think. These are personal history stories that become a part of your own personal mythology, and they usually remain unconscious. But remember, mythology is just the study of culture-forming stories, and personal mythology is a study of your own stories that shaped who you are. So an important question to ask is, what are your personal mythos? What is your personal mythology? What are the stories you've told yourself about yourself so often that they sink so deeply that they're practically written onto your bones? These beliefs either propel you towards your desired life or they keep you stuck in your current stagnant paradigm. These beliefs can either keep you trapped as a side character in your own story of your own life or they can help you rise to become the hero of your life's journey. So just to illustrate this point a little bit further, I'll use myself as an example and let you get to know me on a deeper level. I used to be a side character with the plot of my life essentially happening to me. I thought getting out of my corporate fashion career would change that. Like I thought I was just really stuck in where I was because of my job. Now that's because I identified with myself as my job for so long I just thought in order to be able to change my life for the better, I thought it had to come from changing my job. But during my years there in the corporate fashion world, I had whittled myself to become their version of a hero. So 
dressed to kill. I was sales focused and constantly keeping their bottom line and risk mitigation at the top of my mind constantly, day after day. Then I shifted a few years later into career coaching to help other people who were miserable in their own corporate jobs to get out of them and to be able to find something better. The problem with that, I was only helping people find a slightly different storyline. I wasn't really helping people break away from being the side character in the modern stagnant paradigm storyline. Our culture makes the bottom line the highest priority, but keeping profitability and productivity as the driving forces of life isn't what being a human is all about. Things like analytics and other stats like that, other things like that that we can see with our own eyes shouldn't be regarded as facts of life. But for most people who have never questioned their current cultural paradigm, things like job titles, their 401ks, sales figures, annuities, that type of stuff, these are looked at as not only markers of success, but as markers of their own worthiness too. And that's really what we need to break away from is labels like that, that keep us stuck in basically a cookie cutter or a box and not allowing us to be able to go outside of that. Only valuing stats and other things that your eyes can see really means that you're stuck at the surface level. And that's really where I was the entire time I was in corporate. And then as I moved out of that into career coaching and then later on into the tech world, I really just stayed at that surface level. I didn't go much deeper. I didn't look at the, the stories that were imprinted onto my bones. But here's the thing, there's so much more about you than just what's at the surface, like your title or who you are to your other family members or who you, who, how you relate to other people. There's so much more to you than just that. Your outer world is just the tip of the iceberg regarding what's interesting about you. Like there's so much more beneath the surface and I hope that this podcast will help you see that. So with that in mind, it's time to balance out logos with mythos. So in our society, we're taught to value logos like reason, logic, analytics, stats, things like that, over mythos, which is like narratives and poetic truth. But like I said, you are more complex than the variables that can be plugged into a formula. So let me go into that a little bit more. Our school system teaches us how to regurgitate information and give the one correct answer on a quiz. And it's so easy for us to take this line of logic into adulthood. It shapes the trajectory of our lives if we don't catch it. What becoming an adult truly means is taking the responsibility of shaping your own life. And I think this is what the hero's journey is all about. When we talk about you becoming the hero of your own life and not letting the plot of your life happen to you, but rather you writing it for yourself, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Now, when we talk about taking responsibility for shaping your own life, I'm not talking about things like feeding yourself or clothing yourself um, or other kind of basic responsibilities like that. Rather, what I'm talking about is being able to find the courage and to cultivate it daily, to be able to make yourself whole after you spent so many years and decades of your life cutting yourself out and whittling yourself to be able to fit into the cookie cutter model that our society says that you should be. This means breaking out of the, if I do X like everybody else, then that means I'll be guaranteed Z. 
Like, for example, if I get a college degree, then that means I'll be set as an adult. Or if I get married by 24 and I have kids by 27, then my life will be on track. And let's throw in one more for good measure. If I follow the career path my manager gave me, that means I'll be promoted regularly and I'll be progressing in my career and set for life. The problem with an X then Z kind of statements like these is that the power to choose the direction of your life is being handed over to someone else or something else, like your boss's hands or your parents or your degree or your career path, things like that. Something external and outside of you. Simply put, it's as though you're saying, I'm not capable enough of living the fullest expression of my own life, so I need somebody else to tell me what to do with it. It's no surprise why so many of us have this X then Z type of thought pattern. We're wholly dependent on our caretakers, teachers, mentors for decades. And then the instant we turn 18, we're supposed to be functioning and totally independent adults. And to make matters worse, our culture encourages us to get married and reproduce only a few scant years after leaving the nest. So think about it like this. How often do you see a young person on social media, probably in their early 20s, they graduate college, they get married almost immediately after that, then they have their first child within a year or so. That example person has literally spent the majority of their life depending on their caretakers, parents, teachers, etc. And then they blinked and then now they've turned into the parent caretaker for a child that will be wholly dependent on them in turn for decades. I mean, talk about a vicious cycle. No wonder why we all crave external validation as adults. I mean, in school, we're taught to regurgitate information on command and to produce the right answer or the correct answer and not let our thinking deviate away from what the standardized test says. Those same teachers and parents and caretakers who themselves are a product of this standardized thinking begin to pressure you to find a safe career path, aka the one that makes the most money in the safest way possible. So things like individual creativity and deviation from the standard path are discouraged because they're too risky. And so thus, this cycle continues. If we don't catch this unconscious way of thinking, it runs the trajectory of our lives. The stories we tell ourselves about ourselves and about the world revolve around this X then Z style of thinking. Like, let me know if you've heard yourself think this or if you've heard other people say this about themselves. Things like, I can't leave this relationship even though I'm miserable because I've been with them for too long and if I leave now, I'll end up alone. Or, I can't quit my job and start my own business. I don't have a degree in this field and or I'm too old slash young to start anything different anyway. So what's the answer to being able to get out of this style of thinking? Rewriting myth. Like I said, mythos are stories with significant meanings repeated so often that they sink into the collective unconscious. The same goes for the stories that you tell yourself about yourself. So if we want to change these stories into something that you choose, stories that make you proud of yourself, stories that support you as you create a life you love by your own design, then we need to first be able to see the current personal mythology that runs your life and that led you to this moment right now. You have to see the stories that shaped you and your belief, both personal and cultural. It's not just the stories about your past failures, accomplishments, and experiences that make up your personal mythology, but it's also inherited cultural stories as well. 
So what stories did your caretakers tell you when you were growing up? What were the characters in these stories that look like you able to accomplish? What were their inherent limitations and how did that inform the way that you view yourself in relation to the rest of the world? So, for example, as a young girl, I grew up in the Catholic Church and I heard the Judeo-Christian story of Adam and Eve multiple times. Adam was lonely and he created Eve, but then Eve was tempted to eat the forbidden fruit. She was weak and gave in to temptation, but not before she took Adam into sin. So Adam and Eve and all their descendants were punished forever. Men would have to work the land for food and Eve would suffer in childbirth and all of the women after her would suffer with her because of that. So this is a super simplified version of the story, but these essential story elements make up the tales that I personally was told. And when I was young, I was taught that essentially everything wrong with the world was all women's fault and that we, as women, were always trying to make up for Eve's original sin. It's no wonder why, as a young adult, I bent over backwards in my career and in my personal life, literally pouring my blood, sweat, and tears into my job. Whether I was conscious of it or not, this Christian mythos was repeated so often to me that the story's morals sank deep into my bones and they colored the view of myself and the world around me and my place within it. When I finally addressed how the morals of this story and other stories played unconsciously in the back of my mind, I was able to see how they informed my daily decisions. It was as though these stories were putting up guardrails for the direction of my life, keeping me on one trajectory whether I liked it or not. It was like the guardrails that are put up when you're bowling to keep your bowling ball from going into the gutter. I kept my life in one direction my culture decided for me, but it was one that I didn't actually like and wasn't right for me. But when I decided to rewrite this myth, this myth of Adam and Eve, and change its morals into something that worked better for me, things drastically changed. Instead of seeing Adam and Eve as two separate people, I saw them as two aspects of my psyche or as archetypes that live within me. So a question that I asked myself is, what if the story's moral here isn't about how these two people, who were supposed to be made in the image of God, went against God, but rather, what if these two elements that are within me are divine, and then what if the point of the story is to help me integrate both sides of these within myself? What if learning to blend the masculine energy and the feminine energy, which are both present in all human beings, was the point of this story? To me, I don't mind if a theologian disagrees with how I rewrote this myth for myself, because at the end of the day, this act of rewriting a myth helps me go along throughout my daily life. How this myth is rewritten now is a part of my own personal mythology, and it helps guide my decisions. I know that when my masculine and feminine energies are blended and balanced within me, then I can go out into the world and make more sound decisions that have a positive impact on me and my future. So there are countless examples of stories like this that we can apply this type of methodology to, and we are just getting started. Like I said, you are a complex creature composed of multiple and sometimes conflicting stories that make up your own personal mythology. And just like mythology, which is the study of myths, we will examine all of them together. And you will have the choice to see if you want to rewrite your myth too.
So in this episode, we barely broke the surface when it comes to Adam and Eve and other kind of religious stories like that that have a really huge impact on our personal mythology. And next week, I thought it would be a really good idea if we're starting from the foundations and we're starting from the beginning to continue this idea of breaking down the myth of Adam and Eve a little bit further and seeing how you can rewrite that myth for your own personal life. We talked about it a little bit today, but I want to go further deeper into that. So that will be on the podcast next week, which I'm very excited about. And it will probably be a story that we'll come to again and again, because that one has a lot to unpack within it. So I hope you will join me in this journey of rewriting both cultural mythos and personal mythos. And I'll see you next time. If you enjoyed what you heard on today's episode, then I invite you to take this work further and continue the conversation over on Instagram or threads. I'm at monica.frederick.writes on both. And if you're ready to really start the rewriting myth process for yourself and catch up on past episodes and newsletters, then subscribe to my Substack newsletter at monicafrederick.substack.com. There, you can access private chats and resources that I only share with my newsletter subscribers. And you can learn how to work with me directly to help facilitate the rewriting myth process and implement what you learn here on the podcast. Check out the links in the show notes to get started.